It's time for Gridiron Recap. Sam Darnold with time, looking deep downfield into the end zone. Touchdown Jets, Robbie Anderson. Now Barkley up the middle, cuts to the outside. Saquon Barkley across midfield, down the sideline, stayed in bounds, and Barkley takes it all the way. 68 yards. All right, exciting. Opening one week for the New York Jets, not so much for the New York Giants. Mike DeMergis along with Martino Puccio, Joe D'Aloisio. And what we saw to the Giants, we'll start with them. Uh, I'm not too excited about their offensive line, particularly Mr. Eric Flowers, Joe. I mean, are you that surprised? Here's a guy that last season couldn't block anything. A new season has come. It's 2018, and he still can't block. What's more surprising to me, what's more concerning about that offensive line, you just paid Nate Solder a ton of money, and let's be honest, he didn't look great in that first matchup. No, the whole offensive line really didn't look good, and and the thing that I'm concerned about, too, you look at Saquon Barkley's running style, it's very much like Barry Sanders was, where it's one yard, minus one yard, it's one step, one step, sideways, two steps. Uh, This isn't the way you really want to run an offense if you're the Giants. No, I, I don't think so, but I think at the same time we have to relax a little bit just because they were playing one of the best defenses in football. Going in the Jaguars, I think they're pretty much the consensus team that's going to be leading the league in defense. And it was a rough start. They had, like, Odell and Saquon Barkley both had big games, but outside of that 68-yard touchdown run by Barkley, he wasn't doing that much at all. And then Odell was doing pretty well against uh, Jalen Ramsey, but at the same time, Eli's not making his throws. I thought Eli had a terrible game. But how are you going to make your throw? if you don't have time when you, when you get an offensive line that isn't protecting you properly they're rolling a guy that's 37 years old out rolling him left rolling him right uh they, they just can't protect him what would he do with if he had an offensive line like he used to have or would it, or what sam darnold had last night with the jets yeah it's impossible i mean if you don't have an offensive line like you just mentioned you're not going to have success in the nfl and quite frankly i don't care who's behind that line at this point they're not going to have success. It's nearly impossible. You're not going to be able to control the game. You're not going to be able to control the clock. Uh, Martino just mentioned, outside of that 68-yard run from Saquon Barkley, he wasn't effective. Eli didn't have enough time to um, let things develop and and have a better game. This is something that we're going to see every single week, so we better get used to it. Oh, absolutely. We're going to keep seeing this unless the Giants can find some way to at least get a consistent running game, not just a couple of yards here and then get the 68-yard run. Uh, Odell Beckham back in action, uh, but just another loss here. I mean, I hate losing more than anything. And um, honestly, I was, I was praying that there was something that happened early in the game where I had to dig deep and, and, and find out where I'm at on that scale. Um, and, you know, things were just going my way early. Uh, so there wasn't ever an opportunity to, to see that moment. But I, like I said, I'm just in a different place. Uh, once you see everything, you know, flash before you, you don't know if you can ever be the same person again. You don't know if football is going to be the same again. So, Martino, break down his performance. Um, I mean, let, let's, let's be real here. One of the bigger stories coming into this game was Jalen Ramsey talking all this trash leading up to this matchup. And I think Odell actually got the better of him. 11 receptions, 111 yards. He got targeted 15 times. I mean, he, he got his money's worth. He's getting paid the $95 million that the Giants gave him. And he showed up. I thought he did his part in this matchup. But at the same time, it's not enough, especially when you're playing that Jaguars defense. And speaking of defenses, I thought the Giants' defense was absolutely terrible yesterday. Well, let's, 
Well, Sunday. Yeah, let's let's stick with Odell Beckham here. You know, there there were times Joe he he did appear open, and you know, basically, really, the you know, he, there wasn't enough time for Manning to get set. There were a couple of touchdown opportunities that just slipped by the way because Manning really couldn't set his feet to hit him. Yeah, and I mean that goes again right back to the offensive line. If you're not going to give Manning enough time, if you're not going to let him sit back there and let things develop, he isn't going to be able to be effective and give Odell get Odell the ball more. Yes, 11, 11 receptions, 15 targets. He is clearly Eli's number one guy. Um, what impressed me the most, though, with Odell here is, and Martino touched upon this a little bit, was how he acted on the field. He had a, he had a tough matchup against Jalen Ramsey. Um, going into the matchup, there was some bad blood already. It was encouraging to see him take the high road. He was mature. Mature. He didn't get into right. his face. There wasn't a lot of barking back and forth. It was an aggressive game, but he played football. He didn't get involved with all the out- outside um, antics, and he showed up. So that's definitely a good sign for a guy that you just paid so much money, and hopefully he stays on this track. Yeah, and right, and right now, look, the Giants made the decision in the in the offseason to, to go with Barkley and pass on a quarterback, and uh, Coach Shermer in the postgame, you know, He's happy to have Eli. Oh, I'm I'm thrilled that Eli's our quarterback. He responded well throughout the game. He's into it. He's sharp. He's well prepared, and um, we're very fortunate. He's our quarterback. Now, is that a ringing endorsement right there? It's kind of like we're stuck with him. This is our, he's going to be our quarterback, and we ha- kind of have no choice. Yeah, you, you know what though? He had a choice. He had a choice. He could have already started planning for the future when that NFL draft happened. He could have already planted the seeds for the future of this team but at the quarterback position, but decided to go with, with Saquon Barkley. But what, what was even more telling from that is, yeah, he's thrilled. He doesn't sound thrilled about having Eli, but Pat, hate to break it to you. If your offensive line doesn't do anything, he's going to be out real quick. You know, really, Martino, what's to determine what's the success for this Giants team going with Barkley is do they have to win a Super Bowl or do they have to just make the playoffs and maybe go to one NFC championship over the next three years? What determines success? Because what I'm seeing right now, I mean, they are explosive on the offense. I mean, they got Beckham and, and they got Barkley. You can't do anything unless you can protect your quarterback. This is Super Bowl or bust for me. You come to New York City, you bring in a guy like Gettleman who has this reputation where he just wants to win. He made the moves for the now. You draft Barkley, that's for now. You sign Nate Solder, that's for now to protect Eli. You keep Eli, that's for now. You have aspirations of winning a Super Bowl. Right now, it doesn't even look like they might make the playoffs if they continue like this. They still have the problems on the offensive line. Yeah, those weapons are great, and we alluded to it uh, throughout the first part of this um, podcast, but... The Giants don't have the offensive line to help their weapons out. And the defense, again, I know I'm bringing it up, but it did not look good enough. It's not that same defense that we saw a couple years ago. Uh, and you look at the Giants' performance and how bad their offense was, and the offensive line in particular. Then you go to the Jets, and the Sam Darnold era got started off in not-so-great fashion. And on his first play, they're going to let him roll out and look downfield to throw back. Across the field, and it's intercepted. And it's going to be a pick six for Quandre Diggs. I must confess, I thought, you know, here we go again, <laughs> posting on social media, all the Jet fans ooing and eyeing, sick to their stomach. Uh, Sam Darnold, uh, 
first major league, first the NFL pass, interception, return for a touchdown. It, it couldn't have started off worse uh, for the New York Jets, and boy, did things quickly change, Joe. No, yeah, it definitely couldn't have started off worse, but what was more telling from this was how Sam Darnold rebounded. And for a guy who's making his first NFL uh, career start, to see him throw an interception, his first possible play, return for a touchdown, but then come back and be so and being command and in control of the offense that's what was most impressive there's there are quarterbacks that have been in this league for several years that make mistakes and can't get over it this kid on day 1 got over a huge mistake to start his career and you know the pressure's on Sam Darnold and he knew that he stepped up that Martino I'd say what I was impressed with was the offensive line and how crisp the pass routes were, the, the sharpness there. It was like they were in mid-season form. This is one of the jet, best jet performances since Rex Ryan's team in 2010. Yeah, I think you could actually argue it's one of their best performances since uh, that New England win in Foxborough years ago. I mean, it was that big of a deal. I don't want to overreact this early on. But, I mean, offensive line was one of the biggest question marks heading into this season. They weren't healthy in the preseason. They come out here, they just absolutely dominated the Lions. And even on third down, I think third down was another thing that Sam really did well after that interception was that he just kept converting I mean they had the Anunwa call go their way which probably should have been a drop but no one knows what a catch is still um, and then he has that run there and I thought the play calling outside of that one Robbie Anderson run when they lost 10 yards was good and, and you know what he made the throws he needed to make and he hit his receivers open even though he used Anunwa a little bit as a security blanket but they got the production out of it and the run game was awesome too. Yeah, and the defense, boy, you know, the, the Jet defenders saying they knew what plays were coming. If it, if it was that easy, why have they been doing this through the years and, and made my life a little easier? Uh, apparently, you know, they saw something that, uh, you know, other teams haven't seen with Matt Stafford through the years because this guy throws for 4,000 yards like he's, like he's basically mm-hmm. falling out of bed, Joe. Yeah, and you know what? That goes credit to this entire defensive unit for putting in the extra work and and watching the tape and really preparing against this team. This defense was prepared from top to bottom, and you saw that obviously forcing all those turnovers. But more importantly, what I saw from this defense, athleticism, speed, they closed down on everything quickly and it, fast. And it was a coming out party for Darren Lee, who has really been MIA since he's been drafted it, a few years ago. It, I mean, I've been I've been waiting for this. Where are you? Where have you been? You come home. Exactly. Now, and Darren Lee has been under under some serious scrutiny, even in the New York media, saying, "Hey, it's time to step up." I mean, where exactly? Where have you been? And he showed up. But more importantly. They got a young guy in, on this defense in Jamal Adams who is going to be a leader, and he is the next elite defensive player. And the Jets really nailed that pick, and he's going to be an anchor for years to come for that team. Yeah, I, Martino, I love the offensive sets, moving guys around constantly. We, you know, we were talking earlier off the air. We didn't like the little the flip pitch to uh, to Robbie Anderson that lost all those yards yep. there on, on the on the was it third and two. Mm-hmm. But you, you had to like, you know, they weren't staying set, they weren't staying formed, constant moving, heavy left, heavy right, guys moving all over the place, and these quick, these very quick routes. Yeah, I mean, that was another thing, too, in the preseason. Everybody was so worried that they were going to keep the training wheels on Darnold because they're just throwing four- to five-yard passes. But when they saw an opportunity to go deep on the Robbie Anderson touchdown, they let Sam loose. They let him throw. They let his ability um, showcase. And you know what? It was really impressive because usually we know it all the time. After that interception, that pick six, you could ask any Jets fan, 
you thought it would have gone south. No one would ever thought they put up a 48 spot on the Lions on Monday Night Football. Never. You can, I was talking to Rob Carpenter, the former uh, New York Jets wide receiver back in the 90s, and he was on the team with the, with the famous quarterback, Browning Nagel. Now, that year in, in uh, exhibition games, they went 5-0, and 5-0 and in the preseason. That's why I, I have little credence what goes on in the preseason. <laughs> the Jets wound up 4-12, and and Browning Nagel became a bust. So and, and his first his first snap under center, they opened up against the Falcons in the Georgia Dome, and he fumbled the snap. So for this guy to start off his career throwing an interception and recovering so quickly, boy, it, it shows you that this guy has really been molded, molded to be a professional quarterback. And it's one game, but I'd rather have one game where a player plays like that, Joe, than one game when a player plays like garbage. And credit to not only Sam Darnold for being prepared for this moment, but also Josh McCown as the backup quarterback. I mean, I don't think people realize how significant Josh McCown is oh, to he's Sam on, he's on the fast track to being a head coach. I that, mean, the wh- quarterback coaching job's vacant for a reason. And, and you know what? Put him in there now. I mean, honestly, and you could tell. You saw after the game, um, Darnold, you know, interacting with his family, his mom, his dad, giving him hugs, and and also interacting with Josh McCown. I mean, that alone just shows you the relationship that both of those guys have and how instrumental someone like Josh McCown, who may not have had the best NFL career, but how smart and how intelligent, how much he knows the game, and now he's passing that all passing that along to Sam Darnold. I, I mean, Martino, he's been so impressive over the last couple of years on his, his team mentality. It, it, it's, it's us against them. Uh, basically, you could see him where he skips being a quarterback coach, goes right to offensive coordinator if he has the right support underneath him. Well, and within a few mm-hmm. years after retiring, being a head coach within five years. I, I mean, you could totally see that. I mean, yeah. I, how many times have we seen guys in the NFL with quarterbacks? It's the biggest EO you could possibly have most of the time at this position. But he knew it. He knew it the second they drafted them that it wasn't his job anymore. It was Darnold's, and it's all about the future there. And and he said it, and, and everyone's on record knowing that he's going to be a coach or whatever position he eventually takes on, whether it be the quarterback coaching position next year. He's doing that right now, and I think he's doing a great job. And you know what? It's paying dividends so far. That wraps things up on Gridiron Recap. I'm Mike Demergis for Martino Puccio and Joe D'Aloisio. This has been a production of the Sports Communication and Media Graduate Program at Iona College.